Thanks for listening to Two Girls, One Plant. We're your hosts, Madison. And Jillian. And this week we're talking about extra gay plants. (laughs) Are you a little fruity out there? Just a little (laughs) extra. A little extra. We love it. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm doing this hand motion. That's Madison's me. a little extra. I was doing that all this last week while I was out of town. People. I <laughs> was like in Vegas, like hello. Well, I sat down by these this group of guys uh, at the table, and they were all like wearing the same like rompers, and I was like, I was like, are you guys, you know? And they're like, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we are fruity girl, and I was like, I love that. Love Good for it. you guys getting out there like we've been childhood friends it was really good anyway rocking it well i haven't seen you i know you just got back from vacation oh my god how'd it go vegas was everything it was so busy so obviously like mass mandate is over with especially especially there (laughs) um it was a hundred percent capacity so we booked tickets way before any of this was even like a thought and we were thinking like, oh, it's going to be like not as busy. We'll be able to do a lot of stuff. We'll wear a mask, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was so, so busy there. But we did get to go to Omega Mart by Meow Wolf. That was so amazing. Your videos so did amazing. look so cool walking around the grocery store. Yeah, it was so sick. Highly recommend going. They're opening the one in Denver, hopefully by the fall. It was awesome though yeah Vegas was amazing ate a lot of food lost a lot of money got a little tipsy (laughs) I mean as you should in Vegas yeah it was nice to let but you know what was so weird so we were having breakfast and we were just sitting there and we were just like watching the people go by and I looked at Ella and I was like I feel like right now the last year and a half didn't happen like, it feels like a fever dream right now in this moment. Yeah. Like, we all hallucinated the same weird yeah. pandemic. Yeah. It was so weird. I was like, I feel like I haven't worn a mask or been, you know, scared or gotten, like, vaccinated. Like, all this stuff and emotions and roller coaster. But we are still very much in a pandemic still. And we should still have that respect for it. But, like, it was just so weird. It's, I bet going to work every day and not wearing a mask. Yeah, you're not wearing a mask anymore. Not work. wearing a yeah. mask or not at all. And there have been a couple of times where I've been like, man, this is so strange. You're like, I feel naked. I do feel naked. <laughs> uh, I started working there during the pandemic. So, like, we have a lot of regulars and, like, I've never seen their face. <laughs> Isn't that is so weird? weird. It really so weird. is. So Some people, like, I'm like, you first the time. mask. <laughs> Honestly, that's how I feel, though. I'm like, this mask knee ain't gone. I could take my mask back if we don't mind. I know. The day I have, like, really bad acne, I'm like, I'm just, you know. Gonna... I just have a sniffle. I just need that's the mask right. for Yeah, today. exactly. Oh, my gosh. So, any new plants? Um, have you gotten? I feel like you have. I did buy a macrophylla. Oh, I got a oh, macrophylla. I saw that in your case. Yeah. Okay, so you just got that recently? Just got. She's been on hold for a couple of weeks, but I just oh brought her my home. God. And then I bought a ton of new pottery, so I've been okay. repotting all of my socks into new like terracotta pottery because I'm obsessed with it and it's beautiful. It's the stuff that it's the all new the reroute one. Stuff. Yeah, yep. that stuff is freaking killer. So killer. Yeah, it's so Handmade good. in Italy. Like I don't mind shouting at the company at all. It's such good terracotta. So. Yeah, everything is getting switched out very slowly because it's not cheap. But yeah, every like couple of weeks when I get paid, like I'll take two, three, four plants in. Yeah. Also, one of Alex's friends that he like knows through Discord and just like plays video games with has a 3D printer. 
Yeah. And printed a couple pots for me yeah. and just mailed them out to Colorado just because he talks about me a lot on the Discord. And it's fucking Squidward and SpongeBob's house. That's it's adorable. I love it very much. That's I, really cool. He actually made me two SpongeBob houses. Aww, yeah. And I don't know what to do with the second one. I was like, oh, Alex, you should take this. And he was like, no, I don't want it. You should just give it away or something. Yeah, but yeah that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. I like that idea. You could put like something... Because it's a pineapple. So you could put like a Haworthia or like an aloe, a little aloe or something on top. Oh my God, it's so cute. And give SpongeBob vibes. Because SpongeBob is a gay icon. Oh, absolutely. He is a sponge and is asexual. Yes. Yes, We love that. Gay icon. Here for it. I love SpongeBob. Like, I'm so here for SpongeBob. I'm going to like edit in like a SpongeBob laugh, like just in the background. Like, please do. He's so good. I love him. Hey, Patrick. What? I thought of something funnier than 24. Let me hear it. 25. (laughs) That's enough. I love SpongeBob. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so that's been my week. (laughs) What else is new? I feel like there's some other... Oh, so hopefully... So by the time this comes out... um, What's today that we're recording? The 16th? So by the time this comes out first day of summer will have started yeah and as we're recording right now it is hot as hell in this room it's like a heat there's a heat wave coming through colorado we're just so So, fucking hot right now yeah we are sweating balls right now while we are recording this so in the future we might get a fan for the room or something not a bad idea so if you hear like a fan in the background it's because it's hot as shit we're trying (laughs) but like we had to close the door and separate ourselves from the ac to do there is no ac in my house actually separate us from the fan in the living room (laughs) yep yep so yeah sacrificing for y'all yeah so we might get a fan for future episodes Mm because if it gets worse like when the summer really kicks in like we're it's not going to be possible for us especially like those long episodes that we tend to do yeah we can't bring a guest in here like this could you imagine Oh my god! And Almost then, worse. Like, than more people. Tyler Thrasher playing like recording on video games. Like this is <laughs> that would be worse. That would be so much worse. Well, too. With that being said, summer being around the corner, we might have new merch coming shortly. Such cute ideas. Amazing, incredible. We're excited, but we want to make sure it's perfect and amazing before we release so we're hoping by the time summer the first day of summer around that time if not we might postpone a little bit but we are very very excited for new merch to be coming so it's and it's fun it's fun to you know we work with Alex like Alex is a dream he's so talented and amazing and like so patient with us you guys so patient oh dealing with us (laughs) he's he's such a saint about it love it yeah, he's awesome. You guys really need to go follow him. It's school, schooly vibes. He's like schooly vibes yeah. now. He's yeah. a cool kid. Yeah, he's killing it. Well, let's talk about some fucking gay plants. Yes. <laughs> this was kind of like an interesting episode to prepare. I feel like I'm going through an identity crisis and I don't know what that means right now. So I'm still trying to figure that out. But this was like a good opening of that chapter that I haven't really been wanting to open for a little bit. Oh, cool. So like it was like kind of cathartic in a way. So I'm excited to talk about this, but we're going to really dive into today the more so the taxonomy of plants, where this whole gendering thing comes from 
why it's so archaic, why we need to maybe start stepping away from that, but understanding the terminology and these terms that are found in the LGBTQ plus community are used to describe plants and why, again, we need to get away from that, but understanding the historical context of why it's used as well. And it's still used today. So it's really understanding that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this. We're going to lay into it and this is going to be more like our own opinion and experiences, I would say, more so than anything. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we're definitely going to lay out some unpopular opinions too. I think religion comes up, a lot of different types of sexuality come up and types of relationships come up. So yeah, there's a lot to this episode. I will also say as usual with Madison's book reports. Um, (laughs) She does go into a lot of different things, but there are also some things that we don't go into, like representation of homosexuality through plants and history Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. some of kind of the basics of taxonomy and where it comes from. So to get into some of that, you can go back and listen to our original Gay Plants episode that came out a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, it was in June last year. Yeah, June last year. So... Highly encourage you to listen to that first episode if you haven't. So think of this as like part two. Gay Plants 102. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite episodes we did also was the Gay Plants. Like yeah, it was that fun. was such a fun episode to do. So mm-hmm. it's going to be similar to that. I'm excited. Well, so let's talk about this. So homosexuality. Are you a homo? <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> we love the homos. We love the gays the queers, all of it. There's, you know, in traditional sense, when it comes to religion, there is this fundamental belief that homosexuality is unnatural. And we are talking about like Western, specifically Abrahamic religions. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what we know most. Yes. And that's not all religion. We know that there are so many people out there who are in religious faiths that are so supportive and so mm-hmm. welcoming to LGBTQ plus people. So we want to recognize that and understand that. But for the majority and most yeah. part, a lot of religious faiths are very homophobic. Yeah, it's a really common rhetoric in the U.S. For sure. So, I mean... I mean, look at what's happening currently in so many states. We talk about this in our last episode, but these bills that are coming across to take rights away from trans people and like, it's just insane. So there's still very much this belief in our country. And a lot of that stems from fear and hatred towards the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. So back to like the whole natural part. It's a belief that it's not natural. A man does not lay down with a man. A woman doesn't lay down with a woman. Like, that's the whole rhetoric, right? Yeah. And religious story. So, with that being said, that's actually not true. In nature, it is natural. It's natural amongst different animal species. It's also very natural amongst different plant species. A really great example is there's a certain ape species and pretty much their vaginas swell up and they rub against each other to help oh my the eating of their vaginas this is what i read so yeah some fun research it was super fun research Um, i was like okay queens pop off i love that i mean and there's so many different examples of species that do similar things to that not even just natural it's common very common yeah very common so 
again, like saying that it's unnatural is super archaic. It's baseless. It's not true. And if you believe God, you know that he doesn't make mistakes is what I'm basically getting at. So gay sex is not a mistake or not just gay sex, but any type of sex, gender, sexuality that you have, that is natural. And that is part of whatever plan or whatever belief you have. It is natural. It's supposed to happen. What a gift. Love that. Thanks, Sky Daddy. Sky Daddy! <laughs> I love Here so for every much. orgasm. Sky Did I not get that from you? Sky Daddy? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I Oh, man. I, oh, I didn't come up with that. I saw that online somewhere and I was like, that is perfect. Sky, Sky Daddy. Daddy. Is for us. <laughs> and I call it so like... So just a little backstory. I grew up Mormon and there are so many haters towards people who are ex-Mormon. They just are just so critical and they're like, well, you are just not committed and you're just, you know, you're flaky. What a quitter. You're a quitter. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. No, I can see that. So like, I'm just like this fandom that you're a part of <laughs> is so similar to other fandoms like BTS ARMY or like even that they're not that toxic. Like BTS, don't come for us. BTS ARMY, love you. Honestly, they're a super positive Super positive, but a little cultish, but in a positive way. But similar to certain religions that it border borders on that. So I just, yeah. Anyway, I get into it with these people. I'm like, your fandom is wild <laughs> with your sky daddy. Like sky daddy notice me energy for sure. So I'm just saying he's the one that laid out all these gay behaviors, all these different <laughs> types of reproduction yes, that happen. If yep. that's what you believe. I'm actually personally atheist, but yeah. a lot of people don't like to hear that, so it's okay. Why is that? I kind of think it just naturally, everything just naturally happened. I don't know, because so many people are religious. I think they're just like, oh my God, you're godless. Really? See, I'm, I yeah, consider God, myself an atheist or like almost, a, like, I don't like know what. agnostic. Yeah. Like, I'm like, cool. Yeah. I don't believe in anything. We're all just going to be, everything just shuts off. We're all, we're going to be compost, y'all. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. Turn me into a motherfucking tree. Yes. What? Oh, God. What? I'm like totally blanking on her name. What's that mortician's name on YouTube? There's a famous mortician. Yeah. Oh, my what God. What a fucking Hold boss. On. Caitlin Doty. Ask a mortician. She uh, is everything. <gasps> Oh, wow. You I'm going to go binge those videos later. They are so binge worthy. Okay. Yeah. Look her up. She, Especially since Frenemies ended. I need something new to binge. Exactly. Oh my God. Right. She's everything though. And she talks a lot about reusable compost funerals and how you can turn yourself into food for animals or become a tree or flowers. It's everything. It's so cool. Wow, anyway. I yeah. I feel so like we really got sidetracked. We're going to go back to plants. But... Back to plants and being gay. <laughs> So there are so many plants that are a great example of different types of sexuality and asexuality as well. And we kind of wanted to define those different things with asexuality, you know, mostly being reproduction by offshoots, divisions, cuttings, Mm -hmm. and sexual reproduction occurring when male parts of the plant, as has been described before, are pollinated by female parts of the plant because yeah we essentially ascribe those roles to plants and so 
you know, when a mommy and a daddy plant really love each other and they come <laughs> together, you get baby plants. So that would be sexual reproduction. Yes. There is a lot of homosexual behavior in plants. Yes, there is. Yes, we love the homosexual behavior. So we've talked a, a few episodes about this, I feel like, at this point. But flowers contain the reproductive organs, and quotes, reproductive organs for the plant. So the main function, so this beautiful flower, it's colorful, it's inviting, it's saying, hey, pollinators, come on over. Hey, Mr. B, how are ya? They're inviting <laughs> these pollinators in, right? So the petals of the flower, they're super delicate, and they actually protect those reproductive organs of the flower. So the quote-unquote male part, as has been called before, is the stamen, and the anthers. So we've heard these terminology, you know, remember eighth grade biology, this is what we learn about. The anthers contain the flower's pollen. So that's that part that is picked up by these pollinators and then carried over to, or or it's also within that same flower too, if it has the female parts, which is known as a pistil. And the pistil has three parts to it. So that's the stigma, style, and ovary. So they carry it from the anther to the pistil. It fertilizes and creates a seed. And then those are just carried off into the wind and planted and they grow. Again, it can go from flower to flower. That's how you get like a lot of hybrids or like crossbreeding and new species Mm -hmm. and evolution of plants. Again, really basic biology. (laughs) Yep. Honestly, super basic. And as like a gardener, you see this a lot with outdoor plants. Yes. If you go to buy like a fruit tree, mm-hmm. there's self-pollinating fruit trees and fruit trees that are not self-pollinating. Yep. And so that's going to determine whether you get fruit or not because yep. you need seeds to get fruit. So yes. this is something we kind of see in like day-to-day as gardeners. Sure. Yeah. Maybe yep. not like as indoor house plant parents, but. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Yeah. I'm not like fertilizing and pollinating my <laughs> monstera indoors. No. Unless yeah. you have like a dope anthurium collection, it's usually not mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. Agreed. I agree with that. So with plant breeding or reproduction, there are two of different organs that we mentioned. And with that being said, when there are these two male and female organs, again, known as the stamen and the pistil. When a flower has that, it's known as an intersex plant. So they have both of these things within the flower. And that can be things like a tomato plant. It can be like a hibiscus. Um, We have lilies, roses, magnolias, sunflowers, daffodils, petunias. All of these are just so complex and carry both of these parts to help reproduce within itself. And oftentimes in biology and in recent past, it's referred to as hermaphroditic, bisexual, androgynous, and perfect. But we'll talk a little bit more about these terminology and this language a little bit later. Yeah. And there are also plants that contain traditionally male flowers and female flowers Yep, on The same plant, but in like different pieces of the flower. So like, for example, squash or pumpkins. And these are called monoecious. Monoecious, I believe is how it's pronounced. Monoecious plants. And there are also plants that have male flowers on one plant and female flowers on the other plant. Like kiwi or holly. And inside, even like euphorbia are often male or female euphorbia. Isn't cannabis? Yep. 
Cannabis, cannabis is, is another one. Too. Okay. We always have a male or a female. And those are known as dioecious plants. So obviously mono, one, you have the sexual organs on one plant and different flowers. Or dioecious, die as in two. So you've got either one or the other. They're two different plants. Definitely. So these plants, you know, why are some of these intersex and why are others not intersex? So it's really about the placement of the reproductive parts of the plant or the flower and how they're pollinated. That's really all it comes down to. Evolution. (laughs) Evolution. I mean, basically, right? Like, what's going to work best for me in this situation? (laughs) Yeah, how am I going to adapt after billions of years of being on this earth? So let's break this down. So we talked to, again, this is all from a plant level lens that we're looking at, this biology lens that we've had about understanding reproduction of plants and how man came into play and was like, we're going to call it something different and we're going to relate it to a human level. So we've mentioned these terms before and I think it's important to how they relate to plants, but also how it can also be damaging as well. So the first one we mentioned was intersex. Intersex is a huge part of the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. in biology and biology only This term, hermaphrodite, is used to describe an organism that can produce both male and female gametes. And where this word comes from, it was, and I'm totally forgetting the god's name, I want to say it's hermaphroditus, but they were both male and female, and what that means is that they were able to produce offspring within themselves. And any intersex person or anybody in the medical community can tell you that that's impossible that does not happen so oftentimes people in the intersex community or who were born intersex are referred to as hermaphrodite and that language is very outdated that's not what we refer to people as and it's offensive there are people in the intersex community who say that when referring to plants it's okay there's also people who are saying like hey we need to move on from this language right. it's still reinforcing this negative stereotype and it's just kind of like dehumanizing myself to what a plant experiences and that is super complex right like humans and sexuality is extremely complex so I think moving on and listening to those people who are like you know, it's okay, or hey, it's not okay. I think it's, if one person is offended, then we're, you just have to treat it like that and just move on and learn from that and not use offensive language. Yeah, totally. Hermaphrodite comes from a kind of weird, misconstrued idea, Mm -hmm. whereas intersex is a much more applicable, broad term that includes many different people that have different reasons for why they might fall under that umbrella. Sure. So it's just a term that's much more acceptable for a lot of people. So we'd rather use that. And using it regularly in the scientific community or in academia makes it easier to slip into popular rhetoric. And so it's just easier to start moving away from that completely when it doesn't fully capture like the picture of even what the plants are necessarily experiencing. Yeah. Because we just want to describe them accurately. Definitely. Well, and people too. So there's so much discrimination and heartache that happens in the intersex community. 
I remember the big one was not to make everything about Lady Gaga, <laughs> but do you remember when she was described as a hermaphrodite back? I think it was like in 2009. It was really early in her career. I don't think so. It was like a big thing. And she was asked, can we see your penis? Do you have a penis? I want to see your penis. What? Like, mm, like this was Anderson Cooper had her on and was like, there was that rumor where that, that you had a male appendage, that you were a hermaphrodite, and you, you joked about it on the stage last night. Maybe I do. But, but it's interesting. Would it be so terrible? But it's interesting. A lot of artists would immediately put out some sort of a statement saying this is absolutely not true. You have fun with it. Why the hell am I going to waste my time and give a press release about whether or not I have a penis? My fans don't care, and neither do I. That is so offensive and so damaging, and it's not okay. That's like one of the big ones that culturally we all kind of know about. But apparently if you're Jillian, Jillian's like, I don't know about that. I know. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. But it's like a blanket statement. Let's just say, don't ask people about their genitalia. Yeah, that's gross. That's so gross. Unless you're about to have sex with somebody. And even then, there should have been some communication and some consent before y'all even got there. So totally no reason to bring that shit up at any point. What a weird fuck, especially to ask somebody about it. I just... I don't go up to people. I'm Whew. like, hey, what's up with your vagina? Like, no, what? I don't know. You shouldn't have to ask. You shouldn't ask that at all. So, yeah, we would much rather use the term intersex to describe anybody that fits under this umbrella and may have sex characteristics, chromosomal differences, mm-hmm personal feelings whatever it might be that pushes them to feel like that's the right term for them yeah and that the gender binary doesn't quite fit yeah exactly let's be honest it's like mad limiting yes for sure and we're going to talk about that too (laughs) (laughs) well let's talk about there's another term bisexual and bisexuality is an attraction to more than one gender. Before the episode, we were talking a little bit about bisexuality and pansexuality. And they're both like this kind of like umbrella terminology. They're mm-hmm. kind of like some most often the not like grouped together. Yeah. So like I identify as bi. And I've always identified as pansexual or panromantic. Mm-hmm. There isn't really a, too much difference though yeah. in who we date or how we feel about it. Mm -hmm. I think we've just both felt attracted to those different terms. And I think that's okay. Yeah. So we just kind of want to make a point to say that bi erasure and pan erasure both kind of suck. Yeah. And that they're both really valid ways to describe yourself and your sexuality if you feel like that's what fits you best. So the basic definition is just being attracted to more than one gender and that can be anybody on the spectrum again it's not really a spectrum it's a spectrum not really a gender binary yeah and that can be different for everybody so some people might feel equally attracted to different genders some people might prefer one versus the other some Mm -hmm. might be sexually attracted to one romantically attracted to other so every experience is going to be very unique Mm -hmm. and bisexual people might be in long-term relationships we're Mm -hmm. both dating men like cis men Mm -hmm. and still identify and feel confident in how we feel Mm -hmm. and that's true of anybody having a monogamous or long-term relationship doesn't really erase how you feel or your sexuality so yeah yeah people may alternate between the two people may have one partner for a long time Mm -hmm. and they still might identify as bisexual yes and that's awesome doesn't really make sense 
when it comes to plants. Yeah, so that same term. So plants that, again, have the same, that have the stamen, that have the pistil, those same plants are also described as bisexual. So I don't know if it's saying, like, bi as in it's bi because it has two of the sexual reproductive. I don't, it doesn't make sense why that terminology was used when in human terminology, it is used for sexual attraction, what your attraction is or, or romance attraction as well. So it doesn't, it's really confusing and it really does not make sense (laughs) to me. And it's like kind of frustrating that this terminology is used. My male euphorbia obesa is not horny over my other euphorbia. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to like call it a bisexual plant, okay. It doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It hurts my brain trying to if you have to do like mental gymnastics to get there, don't, it doesn't make sense. Nope. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. And I'm trying to do it. And I'm like, this is stupid. Just, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and then the last kind of big terminology piece is asexuality. So asexuality, again, is part of the LGBTQ plus community. And according to the Trevor Project, which we love, asexual is an umbrella term. So again, a lot of these terms we're using are umbrella terms that exist on a spectrum. And it describes a variety of ways a person might identify, and that includes different sub-identities, which is like demisexual, gray A, queer platonic, and tons of others. There's like ace romantic is another one. So there's so many, right? And asexuality, I feel like everybody's like, oh, I'm ace. <laughs> like there's some people like, that sounds like me. And it, it might be. Looking into it more is so validating to yourself and also other people too because I was like looking into this and I'm like (laughs) some of these sound very interesting to my brain and I'm like wow that that is a thing that that I am identifying as right now and that's why I'm like question I'm in this question identity crisis mentioned that and I was wondering what that was about yeah I'm having a gender and asexuality identity crisis (laughs) and I'm (laughs) It's it's kind of like what it happened with my bisexuality. I don't know if this is too much for this episode, but <laughs> like, and I don't know if I really want to come out about this, but like I was just kind of like I was fighting with myself about coming out as bisexual and I was lying like I was like no, you're lying to yourself. You're just lying to yourself. So that's how I kind of feel about this. So I'm kind of like, you know, you're lying to yourself. You don't feel this way. You're just saying you do. So I'm like invalidating myself almost. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. But I think that's, again, all those stupid mental gymnastics that like I think a lot of like queer people go through, especially when you open the box of just gender and sex and sexuality. You're like, oh, my God, there's just so much like beauty in all of it. And you're just like you just want to make more sense of yourself and the world also too I don't know anyway I'm getting more philosophical I I feel like I feel that (laughs) honestly like asexuality is something that I feel like gets tacked on at the end of like pride stuff and like LGBT stuff and people I've had people straight up say like it doesn't really exist yeah that's Um, so fucked up I've had professors like straight up like it doesn't really exist people who are asexual either have you know other mental health issues or on medications that are causing it are in an environment that doesn't allow them to be sexual in the way that they want to be which is like super invalidating for a lot of people 
especially from like professors and people above you in positions of power and there are a lot of different pieces to it so like we mentioned demisexual and I know like a lot of people that Mm -hmm. identify as demisexual and just didn't know what it meant Mm -hmm. which is basically just only feeling attraction to people that you have a a deeper relationship with yeah which is something a lot of people can relate to so it's really not that crazy of a concept and it just kind of gives language to how a lot of people feel so like I myself really appreciate the term asexual I think that works for me and I think that's true of a lot of other people mm-hmm. I don't really like talking about my sex life I don't think it's anybody's business so no, I don't really get into absolutely. it a lot but I think the term really does really does fit a lot of people and that can also mean that you've experienced sexual attraction before or you've experienced romantic attraction like I like to think of myself you heard earlier it's like panromantic and I still love having romantic relationships so yeah I don't know I think asexual attraction is kind of cool I like the term. I think it should be more visible. Yeah. It also has the best colored flag. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and something for me, I thought, I, I didn't realize this. So again, I'm still learning and that it's its own sexual orientation mm-hmm. too. So it's still in this umbrella term of if you want to call it homosexuality, but it's still this, um, and then asexuality and the, like, there's all these little umbrellas. Mm-hmm. just yep. like constantly diving off yeah it's, it's like, true honestly all of these are just big umbrella and terms as a, as a queer person it's sometimes a little confusing well, that's why i love the word queer yeah i'm like oh do you not know where you are under the umbrella yeah you're queer well and two, like you know i will tell people hi i'm madison and i'm the gay aunt <laughs> i feel like it's just easier than being like i'm the bi aunt like i'm just like i'm just the gay aunt in the family it's just easier to say I like identifying as that I feel comfortable in it when I go to my sister's wedding <laughs> the Mormon wedding I'm gonna be like hi I'm the gay aunt <laughs> to most people in Utah you're some you fairy dust one girl and you're gay as fuck so it's hell yeah who you're living with we love by romance <laughs> love that we fully support well let's let's kind of flip it a little bit so we talked about yeah. the terminology in the queer community Let's talk a little bit and talk about Mr. Linnaeus. So we've mentioned him before. And, you know, there are things to, he he's, listen, there are things to definitely celebrate. And we have celebrated him in the past because I oh, think yeah. there are definitely things worth celebrating that he has done and what he accomplished and really helped bring to the scientific community. However, things reinforcing the patriarch, systemic oppression that involves eugenics, gender stereotypes. Yeah. Let's just say he was he was really intelligent and helped advance and helped us better understand a lot of things when it comes to plant taxonomy. Yeah. But he was also really limited by yes. himself and his worldviews and what he understood. He understood male and female relationships in mm-hmm. a gender binary and in a very heteronormative world. Yeah. And a very patriarchal racist world and you see that in his research that was the language he he could use yeah so that's kind of why we wanted to talk about all of these different terms first so you can kind of see which of these terms are actually applicable and which of them aren't Mm -hmm. and so that we can get better language that better describes these things so yeah first we kind of want to dive into Linnaeus a little bit more just to better understand how his research really how his understanding of the world really appeared in his research. Yeah. So like he has that metaphor where the it's the marital bed and the marital bed is the flower 
And then the male's penis is the, um, what did I say it was? It was the stamen. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, yeah. The um, pistol? The stamen. And then the female's vagina is the pistol. <laughs> and he talks about it in this big poetic metaphor way. And it's like, cool, okay, <laughs> fine. But that's just like so exclusive to so many other people in that language. So with that being said, human sexuality is just so complex and so are plants like we've just talked about plant sexuality and asexuality and reproduction and all of this is just so complex and to just relate it to that way and just like make it really traditional heteronormative it's just not okay to keep reinforcing as we keep moving along and you know what we might still use that language because it's you know it's hard to change that language you know we are a plant podcast and we try and keep terms that are like simple and understanding but you know this is something that I want to try and be like I don't want to call it sperm let's call it um um the or the um the uh the pollen couldn't get there I was like what is it (laughs) what's related to sperm's pollen duh yeah it's the metaphor is only going to get you so far comparing it to human relations so like it doesn't take into account Things like asexual reproduction or pollinators. Pollinators are like a huge thing in reproduction for plants. Yeah. And like don't make sense in terms of this metaphor for men and women. Like, yeah. oh my God, they're fluffers. <laughs> they are yeah, the fluffers. Yeah, they like, they like, you know, they, they get you going. They get you going. You know yes. what I mean? And really, I think it all has to do with is there's not science still. So we did an amazing episode last week talking about so many amazing queer botanists. And it's still sad to see that the majority of the scientific community is white, cis, and mostly men, right? So there's not these lived experiences that are able to tell these stories and understand like, hey, let's start just changing scientific language. Yeah, we need broader world views. Yeah. There's so many things happening in nature that go beyond what people can currently conceptualize and we need to be able to talk about it so we can better understand it so we need more evolved language yes exactly you know yeah and that's the front like Linnaeus really could have easily just been like we're gonna call it a semen and a pistol he did not have to bring in male and female binary to it so come on queer people we need more yeah instead of the 500 queer botanists let's get like a million queer botanists i know right who's in academia can you help us like let's push this along like when you're having regular conversations like be mindful of the language you're using yes we need more queer people in stem oh my god more stem people who are queer that would be everything definitely and more gay plants more gay plants so moral of the story are plants gay fuck yes they are plants i'm sorry have you seen what a lot of like these like showy flowers look like they they all look like you know drag queens like they're all like out there amazing beautiful working it yes god get your coin and (laughs) we were talking about this before i have this in my notes but you know is the pollinator the one helping perform gay acts are they in a polyamorous relationship Is Polly recognized in the uh, queer community? Fuck yeah, it is. Love it. Yeah, honestly, polyamory people need a home. Yes, they do. There's no other space. In the LGBT community. They are. We love our poly people. (laughs) So while we align and parallel our experience, beliefs, and identities to plants, you know, know, we, I 
we refer to our plants as she and mm-hmm. him and like giving them names and we're you know we pass that on to our plants in our home we want you to have that relationship with them and feel yes. like they're real beings that you've brought in exactly you know and that helps people build that relationship and that is so important to do but reaffirming it and using it in a sense where it's botanically scientific terminology again is reaffirming these patriarchal ideologies and reinforcing negative stereotypes so there's a fine balance definitely go off with your plants those personal relationships you have with your plants but again in a scientific way yeah use this as an opportunity to if you're one of those people that names your plants like pick a plant that goes by they them practice with the plant like honestly like build a relationship with that plant that goes by them and when people talk about it you're like yeah this is my so-and-so they love to be watered all the time and are so dramatic (laughs) go for it you know what I mean like practice using that language so that when you do have casual conversations with people you're naturally kind of stepping away from calling a plant hermaphroditic which is something you will hear in a garden center yeah and encouraging people to say it's intersex or self-pollinating yeah or whatever the term might be that is more applicable and better describes what's actually happening with that plant yeah and it's less harmful to people yeah for sure my older sister she's amazing and she really wants to learn more about queer people and I was explaining to them non-binary and it was such a great conversation and I took something out of it from from that conversation and it was you know through my journey of being in the queer community and like how I identify you know like bisexuality it's like seen on a spectrum right like we all think about we keep saying spectrum spectrum and I've always like imagined in my mind a line Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay here's where I'm at on the line this is my spot sometimes I might be here and sometimes I might be there it changes (laughs) on a line but I said to my sister I was like when it comes to gender it's not a line it's a circle Because a circle is also more infinite and more expansive than a line. And imagine a circle, instead of there being a line, you just kind of put a dot somewhere. And that's kind of you. And then you might also be over here. And it's a 360 view of who you are. And I, when I thought of that and I said that out loud to her, I was like, this can be said, why are we, like, why in my mind am I keep thinking about it as a line? Sex, sexuality, and gender is a fucking circle. And I was like really excited about that. And I was like, that helps me so much more be more expansive in thinking about how people identify, how they, how we can identify in 10, 1500 years from now. Like Mm -hmm. it's so infinite and what we are going to learn. Cause again, we are complex beings. We're definitely complex. I always thought of it as like a graph, like an X and a Y, Mm -hmm. but like there's a Z. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 We kind of, yeah, we have that same, that three dimensional. Yeah. People are complicated. (laughs) It's hard to put people in a box. I'm complicated for sure. People are complicated, plants are complicated, Mm -hmm. animals are complicated. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. Ah, Well, cool. We're working as fuck. We love that. Um. (laughs) That kind of podcast. You knew. Yes. Well, let's do, we have our little segment where we want to like shout out our crushes of the week uh, who we're really loving. Similar to like our small business shout out of the week, but it's really like who we're crushing on right now. Mm -hmm. So who are you crushing on okay so this week I am honestly so in love with Kimberly Drew 
I've been following her for a long time. She used to be the art curator for, I think, the Museum of Contemporary Art. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, I think she was a curator and was, like, their social media manager or something like that. But it oh, was wow. great. Like, she just works so hard to bring queer and POC people into the art space, which does tend to be very elitist and very white. So incredible source for art she's also just absolutely adorable and (laughs) she does she does a podcast though and it's really good cool and yeah it's just all around like a super inspiring person that I think goes by they them so absolutely love all of their work and they're at museum mammy on instagram they also have a book that's out like all the things you can follow them everywhere that's awesome what about you so this is somebody I found on tiktok it is Miss She and Mr. He on TikTok. Go follow them. And I think it's also the same on their Instagram and then their YouTube channel as well. They just do cooking content. And she has the most calming voice ever. It's super cute and quiet. And they make a lot of times vegan food. And it's Eastern Asian cuisine oftentimes. And I love like Japanese and Chinese and Korean food so much so I (laughs) like I was like obsessed so they do like eat meat but they always make a vegan version of it and I'm so stoked to have found their stuff and they just make it really simple and it looks always so delicious and I've been saving all their videos onto my phone so I know what I want to cook I haven't been cooking recently so I like want to get because your girl's broke so I'm like, I'm like ready Fair. to make some food by them. They're so cute. Ugh, yummy. Honestly, yeah. she was scrolling through before we started recording and I was like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Yeah. It they take delicious. like, you know, enoki mushrooms, the little tiny ones. Mm-hmm. And they, they, so they take a jalapeno pepper and they stuff it with the enokis and then they saute it in like this like chili paste, soy sauce, brown sugar, yummy creaminess. Okay, if I'm going to have to go eat before my mouth is next salivated. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I hope you guys are all about to go eat as well. Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. You can find us at Two Girls One Plant Podcast on Instagram. We're at Amusing Plants and Just Pups and Plants. That's our personals on Instagram. We're also on TikTok and Facebook and Patreon. Yes. Come join us on Patreon. It's so much fun. I honestly love Patreon. Jillian just sent out amazing. So, Real quick, do you want to tell about that? What you? Yeah, totally. I mean, we just wanted to like do a little something for Pride, and so we ordered little buttons for all of our patrons and ourselves. <laughs> um, that basically just have different Pride flags on them. So mine has like the asexual flag with a heart and the panromantic flag inside. Love that. Madison's has a bi flag, and it says by she her on it and they were all like completely customized to each person that's awesome so we wrote a little note gave them stickers and a pin and shipped out all the things the person who made them is christopher and their handle is c-p-i-k-o art so you can go check that out yeah it was just a really fun way to say that we like really love everybody in our patreon community and hope that they all feel loved throughout pride month and honestly throughout the year it's just nice to be able to connect with everybody in like an extra special kind of way i don't know i love it cool well thanks guys for listening we'll be back next week we'll talk to y'all then Bye. bye